Actually, I might stand to start with. I may sit over here. Hi. Uh, hello. If we've not met before, my name is Jack Cornfield, and I am one of the grateful uh, followers of Ajahn Amaro. So, except I'm not going to follow you all the way to England, <laughs> bid you adieu, or whatever one would say. Cheerio, thank you. Bid you cheerio. That's right, you've got to learn English again, don't you? <laughs> oh, please, please, venerable sir, place your... So we can hear your wit. <laughs> uh, as I've said to Ajahn Amaro, it's going to be... Um, uh, It's going to be difficult for our community here at Spirit Rock and more broadly to not have your presence um, and all the gifts that you offer and have over these years. Um, and even though I'm sure you will have great adventures um, uh, and you have offered so much here, um, we'll, we will sorely miss you. And I certainly will personally. Um, and I would like to offer to you um, this red book, the <laughs> second version, which is um, filled with uh, photos and stories and blessings and uh, various uh, tributes that people in the community have been writing over the last few weeks. Um, the only one that I'll speak of is the one that I wrote in there, um, because when our joint collective teacher, Ajahn Chah, first came to the U.S. Uh, in 1979 and visited the center we have in Massachusetts, Insight Meditation Society, while we were having a 10-day or two-week retreat um, and offered teachings. Um, we brought him over to Spencer Abbey, which was a very large Trappist monastery nearby. Uh, the abbot of Spencer Abbey was uh, a man, Father Thomas Keating, who is one of the great Catholic mystics in the country and a beautiful being. And um, some of the monks from Spencer Abbey had come over to study mindfulness meditation at, at IMS, at our center. And so when we arrived in the courtyard, there was Thomas Keating, this very tall, elegant man dressed in kind of penguin-colored black and white <laughs> uh, robes. Um, and uh, Ajahn Chah, who was several feet shorter, it seemed, and, and stout with, a, with his ochre robes, walked up to him, a little bit older than he too, and looked at him, all the monks were around watching, and said, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And Keating was rather perplexed by this. I was translating, what kind of greeting is this? You know, so sorry. And then he turned around to the whole crowd of monks who were there, and he said, this man is your abbot. You have no idea how much trouble you give him <laughs> and how difficult it is to be an abbot, and I'm really sympathetic for him, so you should treat him well. And by the end of this, Keating is just grinning from one ear <laughs> to another. <laughs> so I wrote in Ajahn Amro's book, I'm so sorry. So sorry for you. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> Um, what we'd like to do for this time is to make an opportunity for those of you, many, many of whom have been uh, 
students and received teachings, blessings, and so forth from Ajahn Amro, either to make offerings, and in particular also if there's anything that you wish to uh, say um, uh, that uh, as a way of speaking to or with Ajahn Amro before um, he makes his uh, departure across the pond to become the great abbot in England. Um, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Right? Or, um, but it, it feels actually quite um, important. I, I know you've all had the, had the pleasure of the day together with him, but I, I also know that some of you are, are very, very deeply connected and appreciative, and so there's both time for offerings or or words as you wish. And um, I can bring the microphone to you, or if someone wants to come up, both are fine, as you like. And if you hold the microphone, do it a little bit like an ice cream cone, relatively close, and it will work well. I want to thank you for a teaching I got from you last year here, same solstice day, about moving from contention to consenting to contentment. It has stayed with me ever since. Thank you. I'd like to thank you for a lot. But the last time you were here... You taught about I'm right, you're wrong. And I'm still right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still wrong. <laughs> That's okay. I'm a lay person. I get to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it has helped me so much in my um, custody issue around my son. And it's just so personal and so charged and being able to step back out of that place of wanting to fight has helped me immeasurably. And I'd like to thank you for a lot of things, but I won't. Thank you. I've um, really been touched... um at first, uh, when you first came, I thought, who is this odd guy? And um, I really got, it wasn't the words. I mean, the words are beautiful, and there's so many wonderful teachers here who have words of wisdom and insight. But it was your being. It was the nature, the quality, each moment of the joy, uh, the presence, the intellect, the clarity, the groundedness. Just, it's, I'll miss uh, having an uh, um, what is it, a role model or a uh, um, someone who's really embodying the Dharma? And so I'm, I really do appreciate that. Thank you. teacher. We first met in a Zen place at Tazahara, and it's been a delight to renew our acquaintance in the Bay Area. And while I have absolutely 
no authority to do so. I thank you because, as we touched on earlier today, your presence at Tazahara, your presence with other members of our San Francisco Zen Center and Everyday Zen community is very meaningful, and your heart and your wisdom and your laughter and your good spirit and your presence has meant a great deal for a great number of us Zen folks. And I know I'm so joyed that your stitches sit with me on my left arm. (laughs) And I will come and see you in England or look forward to seeing you here as well. Thank you so much. This is hard for me. Um, As you mentioned earlier, we go back quite a ways. And I was just sitting back there thinking, well, think of some funny story you can tell (laughs) that you know from the monastery. And um, all I could come up with was never follow a monk up a ladder. We were um, putting sheetrock on the inside of the Dhamma Hall or something like that up on the ceiling. Anyway, um, (laughs) but what I really hold from my time with you is um, uh, your incredible consistency and kindness, um, lack of um, negative judgments, compassion and um, just um, your ability to hold a situation with such spaciousness and love that uh, has really changed my life in a lot of ways. Thank you. I'll remember that about ladders in future. (laughs) So before the next few speak, please come up. Um, I just want to invite everybody to take a breath and and feel the gratitude and the emotions and and the you know it's it's said in the Buddhist tradition that one of the things that's really good at, as you get to major change points in your life, including um, right before death, is to reflect on the blessings of your life or good moments or things that are beautiful to to kind of bring to heart and mind those qualities that um, are joyful and illuminated and free or compassionate. And in some way, in the, in the tribute, this is also bringing into our hearts and minds those sobanajitas, those beautiful states that, that, um, that Ajahn Amaro really represents for, for so many people here. So. Okay. I just wanted to thank you for coming and going to family retreat because... That's, I've been going ever since I can remember, and you've been at a lot of them. And, <laughs> um, well, I remember first at the campfire how wonderful you are in storytelling, and also you can bring some, make it interesting for us to listen to teachings, and you can put them into Because <laughs> a lot of the time, we're not that interested sometimes. <laughs> and you can put it into stories, and it's 
it's more fun. And then you get the idea, the concept. So I just want to thank you for that. We were really sad to hear that you were going to England and yet also happy for you as well. You've been a great blessing to our family, to our child, to our spiritual development. What I was reflecting upon as I, over the last couple of weeks was um, the breadth of skill and capacity an individual must have to have this deep practice and manage an, a monastery and all of the people and personnel and challenges that go on, as well as the intellect to write all the books that you write. And it is, is, as Jack said, upon this departure that I reflected back about on the vast gift you've given us and how grateful I am. And we've already decided as a family we're going to come visit you. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't think I have much to add to that except just thank you from me personally for the gift of your presence and your practice and everything that you've given to our family and to all of the families here at Spirit Rock. Thank you. Come to the family summer camp at Amravati. <laughs> it's been going since 1984, every summer. <laughs> I'll make sure there's a place for you. You have an in with the abbot. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Renata and I want to come up and thank you for all the years of teaching and support that you've given us. But there's another aspect that you may not be aware of, and I've reminded you, but you may have forgotten. You're also a very good matchmaker. <laughs> this, is not a usual, this is not a usual monastic role. <laughs> but uh, Renata and I actually met just over there about 11 years ago, and we ended up getting married the next year. And we came up to the monastery for the blessing. And uh, so, uh, so thank you for bringing us together, as well as for all those years of, of practice and teaching. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> I just want to say thank you, too. You have changed my life in many, many ways. <laughs> yes, well, we have these interesting uh, effects on each other. Yes. So I'm not sure whether the day long was on loving kindness or on <laughs> aging, sickness, and death. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'm glad it, it served you to bring you together and that uh, you've had such a, a rich and uh, fruitful relationship together, supported each other very well over all these years. So. It was the dialogue just before uh, Arjun Sumedho came uh, and spoke at the City of 10,000 Buddhas. Do you remember that? It was about... <laughs> I've done a lot of dialogues. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I've studied Buddhism a long time, and you're the only teacher I've been able to ask questions of. You're so available, and I so appreciate that.
Thank you for your many gifts. It's been wonderful having you in my life. Um, and I just remember about a day long and um, having meditated <coughs> before that and then coming here and, and I, I always heard this sound in my, in my mind and I thought, I'm never going to get it because there's no stillness there. And I just remember you saying, when you actually are still, you hear this swishing and it sounds like the planets, the sound of planets swishing. And so, you know, I look up at the night sky and I often think, remember that. And um, so, and I think of you. So, um, and we will share that night sky still. So, thank you. It was um, 2002 when I first started uh, working here at Spare Rock, and I didn't know anything about Buddhism. Uh, I just had started here, coming to the Monday nights, and uh, volunteered, and then started working. And you were the first monk that I'd ever met, and I had no clue whatsoever how to act or what to do, and I was just really nervous. And it's nice to hear today that you also were a gut fear guy. We have that in common, and I'm watching that right now. Um, but it, I'm just so glad that you were the first monk that I met. And, uh, I remember one time that I offered to give you a ride whenever you needed one. And then um, late one night, I get a call from the uh, retreat manager saying that your ride uh, had gotten sick. I think it was uh, Robert had gotten sick and that you needed a ride. And could I do that? And I asked, well, sure, what time does he need to go? Said, well, he needs to be at the airport at 6 a.m. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those <All right>. monks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was living up north at the time, so got up early, came down. Um, we had the usual um, mist and fog. Drove my little Geo Metro up here and parked by the gate and rolled the windows down and uh, just waited and I hear this squeaking sound coming closer and closer, and I look to the right, and out of the fog, here you come, carrying your uh, airline baggage behind you, squeaking <laughs> along. And uh, I just, um, your, your grace and your humor and your wit has always uh, inspired me. And when I found out <coughs> that you were going to be leaving, um, even though I haven't seen you very often lately, it felt as if uh, a leg of the tripod had been knocked away. And it really gave me something to look at, you know. Um, what am I leaning my life on? And uh, a friend uh, had also died recently that was also a pillar at the time. So it was a really strong question. So I, I thank you for that teaching as well. It's like Jack was saying, when these things happen, we look back and, and see what um, we're grateful for. And just that that teaching as well. I appreciate, you know, what am I basing my life on? And I do um, thank you so much for um, helping me get this far. And just knowing you, that you were there was so helpful. And um, uh, I just, I'm grateful for that. Thank you so much.
So I was um, in my 20s living in Portland, Oregon, and part of a little sangha when we had a monk come and visit us, and it was you. And um, I believe it was your very first time to the United States. And um, I remember you sitting in, in the room of this house. It was a beautiful house. And there were only about maybe 10 of us practicing with you for the weekend. And there was this golden light coming in the window behind you. And I was sitting directly in front of you like I am now. And you were sitting behind this golden, in front of this golden light that was streaming in. And the light was shining through your ears. <laughs> As it does. <laughs> and me in my 20s staring at you thinking, who is this monk? <laughs> who is this man with the light gold light shining through his ears? And um, I have been most honored to have received many, many of your teachings over 20 years. You've been a bright and shining light in my life. I'm actually quite mad at you for um, leaving. <laughs> and I still can't believe it, actually. Um, and then this winter, I spent the winter at Amravati, and it was uh, very, very cold. And I was actually very miserable. I was quite depressed. And and Sumedha wasn't there, and I was walking around thinking, oh, this place could just fold. There's no leadership, there's, you know, it's cold and miserable, and people are complaining, and, you know, I'm just miserable. I want to go home to California. And, um, and then very, you know, quietly it was announced that you were, you were coming, and my mind, the perception of the place. <laughs> it was just phenomenal. It was a phenomenal teaching for me to see, well, this place isn't so bad after all. <laughs> it was like roses were coming up through the snow. <laughs> so I wish you the best, Ajahn. Thank you. Yeah, the effect with my ears has been <laughs> noted before. So. <laughs> Isn't it one of the mar great marks of an, uh, an awakened Buddha to have great ears? <laughs> Hi. Um, I remember reading in your biography that you were a surfer, and I, or, some, or were on the beach or something. Did you ever surf? I didn't surf. I've been on many, many beaches. Okay, so maybe that was the reference. Well, this, pretend you're a surfer for Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. this is the gratitude. Um, well, when I thought you were a surfer, <laughs> I had this sense of, um, there's a sense of joy in you and an openness and a spaciousness that I find in the ocean when I surf. And I always thought, I don't think I could access it if I didn't have the ocean. But I feel like sitting with you has shown me that it's not the ocean. And I just feel like it's encouraging that I can find joy and happiness that isn't based on being at the beach or um, causes and conditions. And I want to thank you for that. And also, uh, you told me once, 
when I was struggling with um, kind of staying open, staying in there. He just kind of said, don't worry about what people think. You got to get over that. Don't. <laughs> and of course, I've heard that my whole life in different places. But um, all of a sudden, it was like, well, if you're saying that that's OK, then that's OK. <laughs> you pointed me towards my own wisdom. And whatever, you, whatever you're doing, look inside for, your, for the permission to your own wisdom, not in the book that I was looking for or permission. And that's something that I've really, I go back to when I make a decision. And I know that it's right for me in the moment. And I just see you saying, don't worry about what people think. You got to get over that. And it's like, oh, OK, thank you. <laughs> Best of luck. Thank you. Um, I'm relatively new <clears throat> to Spirit Rock, and you were one of the first teachers I came to see about a year and a half ago. And um, I did my very first drawing of you, and I wanted to tell you, for one, that my drawings have gotten significantly better. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also wanted to thank you. I um, at that I think maybe the next time I saw you, I asked if I could take a picture of you. And I had you stand up against the wall, and I said, now, give me your wisest look. <laughs> <laughs> and you just, you just gave me a great big smile, and I thought that was a very, one of the great pithy teachings that I've received. So thank you. So um, if I can get through this without crying. <laughs> Obviously not. I just really wanted to come here and honor you today. Because when I think of... When I think of... Um, Anything profound that I've learned, it really comes from you. A lot of it comes from you. I remember when I first met you at that little vihara in Nevada <laughs> before the monastery was even around. I remember going there and sitting all night long thinking, what is it that these people are doing that was my first uh, you know, invitation to any of this? And I just, I just um, have learned a lot from you. I just, I think that when I think of the biggest thing I've learned from you is uh, acceptance. Um, I remember, you know, quite a few years ago when I had the beginning of a physical condition, and I remember saying, you know, what is this? And um, yeah, okay, I can accept this. I can accept this until it goes away. <laughs> and you kept saying, and it might not, you kept finishing my sentences with, and, and it might not go away. And I kept saying, I don't know if you remember that conversation. I think so, yeah. And uh, I said, uh, yeah, I can, okay, I, I got it, acceptance. You know, I know what acceptance is here, and I can accept this until it goes away. You know, and you just kept correcting me. And that, 
that correcting stayed with me for forever. And, you know, in, in this concept of inviting it in, just, just like a stranger coming to your door, remember a conversation about you telling me, you know, there's a difference. Someone comes to your door and you're, you, don't ex you don't expect them, bang, 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 they come in your door and it, and it shakes your world up a little bit and you get resistant. But um, if you have invited them in and you have said um, to come in, then when they knock on your door, you just open the door and you say, come on in. And mm -hmm. those two conversations, I mean, there's many, many I could go on, but those two conversations have stayed with me through every situation I've ever been in, because that's really all it takes, is to invite it in and just accept whatever is there. And so thank you so much. It's a kind of Buddhist version of Mikasa Sukasa, <laughs> which, which, which somebody on one of those Thanksgiving retreats rendered as Mipatipano is Supatipano. <laughs> it's a kind of Pali joke. Um, I'm Thai. Um, I wonder if you can, can you speak Thai still? Dainidio. Dainidio. Thank you. I want to translate. He said he can speak a little bit. So um, I live in this country for um, about 22 years, and uh, I'm pretty new to uh, Spirit Rock. And first time I came here, uh, I think it was you, uh, Jack, uh, Todd, um, I think uh, the amount of the, uh, the audience about the same, and uh, I really touched by um, the whole experience and your talk. And uh, I commit uh, to coming over here once a month now, and uh, I really enjoy it. And today I'm really sad that I, um, uh, you know, I know that you're leaving and moving back to England. And uh, I, um, I would like to thank you. I really enjoy your teaching. And I really, um, it's amazing that I have to um, cross the Pacific to learn Buddhism from Bridge Monk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chanting with a British Pali accent. <laughs> And I, I actually chant along with you, too, so... Um, <laughs> well, even though I'm laughing, I'm still sad that, you know, um, I don't know if I can afford to fly to England to, <laughs> to really listen to, uh, you know, your teaching. But um, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. The future is uncertain. My nah. I had a very high recommendation to meet you when I saw the Dalai Lama bow very low and you touch foreheads together at a teaching. And I said to myself, I would like to meet that man. <laughs> and I actually crossed paths with you in the line at that teaching. And I've enjoyed, although I haven't been often to see you speak, I've enjoyed every time. 
and your monastery and all the monks that were there as well were very gracious. It was a lovely energy to be there. And I remember driving out to the coast. I spent a couple of days up there and just chanting that last blessing and prayer. I couldn't stop saying it because it's so powerful and I will take that with me. And I want to thank both you and Jack because knowing that teachers like you are here on this earth at this very, very powerful time makes me feel much safer to know that we are on the path and we are awakening. And we are all here so grateful, I think, to have been an audience to share time with you and take what we have learned from you and all the teachers you bring to this community and to the Bay Area to awaken us. And hopefully we will take that and spread that and continue that for all of us to come to the light. I feel so beginner being here. (laughs) This is my first time at Spirit Rock, and so I'm sort of overwhelmed with the feeling that that you're handing me a broken cup. (laughs) That I'm just learning from you, and you're leaving. And so that feels... (laughs) really really overwhelming and I'm so grateful for this lesson that I was apparently brought here to learn which is that I think in some ways that our our teachers are not the ones that stay with us for so long but come to us with exquisite impermanence so I thank you You know, Ajahn Chah only stayed with his teacher, Ajahn Man, for three days. So, it doesn't have to take long. <laughs> That's any consolation. actually want to thank you for one moment. It was one of the most powerful moments I have had, I think, in my life. And it was at a winter solstice all day when you took us through our death um, after a day of meditating. And the meditation, and you told us to pay attention to what we couldn't let go of. And I was fine. I was thinking about my death was great until my kids showed up. And it was just very painful. But the moment was when the gong went. And I had the most unbelievably light feeling, like, oh, this is okay. This is relief. A release, and I can, it's, I, I often think of that because it was just so powerful. And because it was the winter solstice, and my kids were flying around the world, they both turned it up that night, in the middle of the night, and the whole holidays was incredibly different. It was so deep, and, and I often reflect back to that, and I've told like a million people that story <laughs> of that day. <laughs> so I thank you.
Anjan, there's, there's so much I can say. There's so much I've learned over so many years. I remember when you first came to speak in Berkeley, and it was a James's class, his Thursday class, but it was in Albany. I don't even remember how long ago that was. <laughs> and this, Buddhism's hard work. <laughs> and when I heard you speak that evening, I still remember the humorous tale you told and, and how much I laughed. And that's what it brought to me f for this practice, was that lightness, that there was still humor, there was still this liveliness. And um, a friend was just asking me, well, who is this Anjan Amaro, this fellow you're going to see? And I just said, he's the happiest guy I know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, people get that. <laughs> and so your teaching has been so great. It's been so important for my life. And... Um, uh, it's just been a blessing that you've been here these years, and I thank you. just noticed that it's remarkable to be in a place with a person who I feel just the experience of love with on this day of Father's Day having a difficult father relationship and I feel I've really gotten from you this experience of of love in the broadest sense and it's really very moving I'm very grateful You're a good daughter. Nice to hear, isn't it? Happy Father's Day, Ajahn. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Since no one else has brought it up, I will. Um, I'd like to thank you for your support over now. I think it's eight years, <coughs> excuse me, for our odd little sangha of bicycling Buddhists. The 150-mile ride, which is now in its, if I count right, ninth year, starts here at Spirit Rock with a send-off from yourself and maybe other teachers from Spirit Rock. And uh, over two days, 150 miles, golden thread stretching up and ending at Abayagiri Monastery. Your support of that has been wonderful over the years. Thank you very much. Um, it's often over 100 degrees when we do this ride, and it's it's sort of the crucible of of um, <laughs> you know it's literally where the rubber hits the road of of um, Buddhist and sticks there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buddhist spiritual thought. You um, between the monastery and here, you've taught us sitting meditation, and then how walking meditation fits into that. And I had no idea that bicycling meditation was what came next. But <laughs> after those three steps, that was the jumping-off point. And hearing 
there's really no difference between when you're sitting and when you're not. It's just all the same. That's a teaching I can't remember where I've heard that from. One or the other, <laughs> maybe both of you. So thank you both very much. I just have a short gratitude. I listened to your chanting uh, when I'm at home, and it just opens my heart. I'm going to miss your loud, deep voice and have a question. Did you have voice training when you were young? <laughs> I, I used just... to fantasize being a rock and roll singer. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's so clear, and it's so... It resonates and in such a beautiful way. I'm, I'm, but I have your tapes. I, <laughs> I can miss. I do listen to them. I was thinking earlier when someone was saying and that their gratitude. What I'm grateful for is I can play that when I'm feeling kind of, it's like a lullaby. <laughs> in an odd way, it's like a lullaby. It's very comforting and reassuring. So thank you. Can you download it from iTunes? Is there a <laughs> You can download it from our website. There we are. Dharma Seed as well. We uh, don't have a long history. It's a little over eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure of that because I'm definitely sure I would have remembered sitting with you before. And uh, I'm very grateful to have been here today. Uh, maybe this last chance, who knows. <laughs> but, um, and, and also, when you were saying, you know, driving down Highway 101, you know, this may be the last time, it's that way for all of us every day. Mm-hmm. And, and that came to me as you were saying that. Um, I, I want to thank you so much for your embodiment of wit and wisdom um, I, I'm afraid I've had an inkling in the past of, oh, you know, monks, they're not in the world or of the world, so, you know, <laughs> just forget it. And, and that will definitely change. Uh, I appreciate very much your uh, way in the world. Thank you. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say I'm one of the few that's glad to see you leave. Uh, I live in Denmark. Uh, (laughs) 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 So uh, I'm really thrilled to get you back back in Amorati. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. Hi, I'm very nervous. Um, I've sat with you a bunch of times, um, and it's always been very, very interesting. Thank you for making Buddhism funny and making it come alive. Um, 
prior to Insight, I came from the Zen tradition, which I never really got a hold of. And I guess I don't have to get a hold of it. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, so thank you for your teachings. And somebody brought up um, the day long on the solstice a couple of winters ago, and that was a really powerful day for me. There was the moment of the death thing was very, very powerful. I was going through an illness myself, um, and just letting things rise and fall away have has been a real saving grace for me. And thank you for that. And also there was a woman in the audience that day who was actually dying. And um, I remember that she wanted to talk about it with her family. And her family was like, no, no, we can't deal with this. And I don't remember your advice exactly to her, but it was really wonderful. (laughs) And so thank you. I don't remember either. (laughs) (laughs) Ajahn, we haven't had a lot of time together because it's usually a far drive for me to come to some of your day-longs, but I wanted to express my gratitude for your teachings, and I'm very grateful for Dharma Seed and Spirit Rock and Amravati and Abhayagiri's websites where I can still access your teachings even though you may not physically be here, but it's been a joy to be in your presence when I can. And so I thank you very much. Um, Ajahn Amar, I just uh, felt this was definitely an important time to... uh, Thank you for all of your wonderful teachings. Um, I am blessed enough to be on staff here, and uh, we had a little ceremony with you the other day, and Jack came up with a really lovely gift for you, and you said, this gift is so perfect it ought to be illegal, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was a great line. (laughs) Um, And I've just been sitting here thinking that you're the example that you set for all of us of... uh, you know the the teachings and how to embody them is such a tremendous blessing for us that it should be illegal. <laughs> um, and uh, also, somebody mentioned the chanting. I had the opportunity to go to Bodh Gaya in India, where the Buddha was enlightened um, recently, and I took uh, my iPod with the chanting uh, with me uh, of the Bayagiri monks, mm-hmm. and I sat under the Bodhi tree and put the little earbuds in my ears and. <laughs> listen to that chanting and uh, it was really moving and I thought of you and I, hmm. I carried all of the Abayagiri monks you know, with me there and I, I'm very sorry to s- see you go but I will definitely carry you in my heart and continue to listen to the chanting. <laughs> I've gone to Tuesday night in Berkeley a lot where we mm-hmm. chant uh, and I've always enjoyed it. Um, and uh, boy, I had one other thing I was going to say but I'm, I'm forgetting what it was. Uh, 
anyway, it's just been, oh, well, actually it was that uh, your leaving is really going to sort of leave our community, leave a big gap in our community, and I'm realizing that it's up to us to step into that, you know, into that void as best we can, but we will certainly fall short. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and the, sorry, the last thing was, <laughs> I, <laughs> I went to uh, Amaravati for a retreat with Ajahn Sumedho in mm -hmm. September, uh, and I saw the kuti that I imagine you might be living in, which is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you'll have a pretty good experience there. <laughs> so, it's also right in the middle of the monastery. So yeah. It's like the center of the bullseye. Exactly. <laughs> But anyway, and, and joy, and thank you. Thank you. Like so many here, I just want to offer my thanks to you for all these wonderful years and all these wonderful teachings that you have shared with, with me and my family and, and all of us. I was thinking back to when I, I think I first met you, must have been the late 90s, 96 or 97. I had just moved back from living in Thailand for 10 or so years um, where I was very busy with all kinds of projects and <laughs> development work and this and that, but hadn't actually made it to the monasteries to sit. Um, my friend Paul was going down to the south and coming back with stories about sitting and not swatting the mosquitoes. <laughs> and um, So we moved back to San Francisco at around the same time, and he began giving me tapes and saying, well, why don't you come You know, this week? Uh, John Amaro is in San Francisco. Like, oh, well, all right. So we drove along together, and that was uh, the first of, of one wonderful many, many um, opportunities to listen and and to learn from you. And being here at Spirit Rock, I was also recalling about nine and a half years ago when I was here and very, very pregnant <laughs> with um, my first son, who is now nine or so. And um, I think the, the, the retreat was something along the lines of death and dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was both um, terrifying and amazing and ultimately very, very joyful to be meditating on death and dying while carrying my eight-month-old baby. Mm -hmm. um, and those lessons have been very, very helpful to me. We have on, had on our refrigerator one of the, the teachings um, of the Buddha about how sickness and you know, aging and sickness and death are inescapable. And I remember my niece looking at it with some concern, and I, I had just overcome some or had a physical condition myself and for the first time when I had my own condition and I was looking at that it came it was transformed from just being words to realizing how liberating those those teachings were because I realized like oh this is actually what's supposed to happen I'm supposed <laughs> to get terribly ill I don't have to fight it and think why me it's like oh this is it's all been figured out before and I think this is what my teacher has been <laughs> also <laughs> trying to <laughs> tell us many times. So I'm very grateful to you for all your teachings, for the blessing here, for blessing my first son, second son, second child. Never quite made it back up to Abhayagiri, but I think he benefits from the blessings as well that, that you have you know, pour out through the community and that reach us. And so, um, 
yes, just wanted to say thank you so much for all of that and, and go well and be well. So I want to acknowledge that it's just about five and we'll do a couple more, um, mostly because I know some of you are parked in mm -hmm. and, and it's not fair and if you're planning to go other places, although I would quite happily sit and listen to... <laughs> it's like the waves of the ocean, you know, on a good day. Where's the surfer again? Where did that... You know? <laughs> it's it's really beautiful set of waves. So anyway, just a couple more, please. Thank you. <clears throat> I attended your, um, your one day on um, illness and dying last year, and when I um, read a couple of weeks ago that you were going to be going to England... For some reason, I was compelled to go home immediately and register for this retreat. I wanted to see you one more time before you left. And I shared with you t today, earlier today, about my, gr my grief. And I thank you for listening to me, and I thank you for hearing me. And you really helped me to um, understand how to be with my grief. And also, you were the first person that ever said that I made a mistake. And I think that's true. I think that's you, sp you spoke the truth, and I think that is something that I need to also address in myself. Thank you. thing that it comes to me to say is um, back a ways, uh, I helped work on the vision statement for Spirit Rock and one of the parts of the circle was monasticism and even though I myself have a background in monasticism, it was like over in Asia and I realized that you have woken up that part of the circle for us as a community, that you gave it a vibrancy and a light and humor and, and that woke up that peace which will always be here for us as a community because you embodied it with your humanity and I'm really grateful and also my incredible love of nature and seeing your love of nature and sharing time in nature was really big for me and I pray that you do not I ask the Dharma protectors to that you may not always have to be in the bullseye but that sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you may be given some Time and nature alone. Well, the trick is hiding in plain sight. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We need that teaching before we go. <laughs> so, last. Um, this is my first time coming to Spirit Rock and also my first time meeting you. So I would like to thank you for your teaching today. Um, I'm a bit slow, so I'm sure um, this wholesome seed from your teaching will germinate one day, <laughs> maybe in the future. And um, so I would like to thank you for that. And Ajahn Amaro, um, when we first got the land here from Nature Conservancy more than 20 years ago, there was, as, as Spirit said a moment ago, 
there was an intention not only to have a connection with the monastic community, I love great love for for the way the monastic community represents and carries the the teachings for these 2,500 years and and so forth, to have this on on the land or in some way connected. And um, when I talk about the monastic life to people, um, my experience is that the the most important of all the monastic rules, and you feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but um, that the most important of all the monastic rules isn't celibacy, although that has its place, and um, you know other kinds of disciplines, but it's really the rule that you can't eat uh, anything unless it's put into your hands that morning by somebody within a couple of feet of your body, within one arm's length of your body. You can't store food. You can't go live in a hut in the mountains and grow a garden. And what it means is that um, you not only have to develop a relationship between yourself and the lay community, but that somehow you have to offer something as a monk or a nun of teachings or embodiment or reminder so that the people in the society around you feel it and want to feed you. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that that interdependence um, from the very first you know, going forth of the Buddha is carried by you. Um, and, and I feel that you have brought it here to us at Spirit Rock, not to speak of sitting through um, hundreds of hours of meetings. Meetings are kind of the ascetic practice of the West, right? In India, you have beds of nails and things, and here you sit through meetings and so forth. In a, in you know, a, as a carrier, not just of the monastic tradition, but of what everyone has said of a kind of graciousness and humor and deep wisdom. Um, but somehow you've woven that together with a lay community that has served us all and I think will continue. We now have a relationship with Abhayagiri and celebrate Abhayagiri's, not only its success, but its connection with the broader lay community here. Um, and in a way, it's sowing the seeds for Dharma for a very, very long time in the West that you've done. And you've certainly done that here. Um, uh, and it's beautiful. It's really, it's really, really a blessing. And... Um, I don't know quite how to how to thank you in this moment. And the last, there's a way in which I I certainly want us to bow to Ajahn Amro and maybe to sing to you or chant or something. You know, something awfully sweet as a as as a gratitude. But Desang upasamo suko two more times. Anicha wata sangara upatua yadamino upakitua niruchanti. Desang upasamo suko. Anicha wata sangara upatua yadamino upakitua niruchanti. Desang vupasamo sukho. All things that arise pass away. All things that come into being, they arise for a time and then they vanish. To understand this and bring your life into harmony with this is the, 
is the cause of true happiness. There is another verse, an ancient uh, chant that has a similar meaning that perhaps we could offer to you as you leave. Row, row, row your boat (laughs) gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Row, row, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Merrily, merrily, life is but a dream. Carry the joy, the merity, the dream, the illusion, the wisdom, the gratitude of all of us in this room. Um, We will be with you in spirit, if not in physical form. Thank you. Please come and visit me in England. We have plenty of room. (laughs) And terrible winters. Really good tea. Very good tea. Very good tea and biscuits. Thank you all. Go well. And thank you, Jack.